Thursday. I'm currently a PhD student at Sheffield Hallam with the Sports uh, Research Industry Industry Research Group, sorry. Um, and I've done a few podcasts with the Football Collective, um, as some people might know. Um, and the book that I'll be talking about is My Turn by Johan Cruyff. I don't think you should sell yourself short there, mate. You're the one who created the Football Collective podcast. We're the one should be thankful to you. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to say that as a compliment, but yeah, I'll, I'll just take it. And, uh... <laughs> so, what is it about Cruyff My Turn that attracted you in the first place? Well, it's strange that it's a book that I bought um, just before I graduated from uh, my undergraduate degree, and it was sat on my bookshelf for quite a while. I just ended up buying more books and, and reading them instead. Um, like Carl and Natives, when that came out, I ended up, ended up reading that instead. And, other sort of books like um, John the Carrier fiction, and it was something that I never really got round to, and it was it was something I knew I would enjoy reading, so it kind of stayed there. It wasn't sort of if I don't read this now, then I never will. So I started reading it last year um, when I went on holiday in the summer because I was I was just interested to to learn more about Cruyff really, and it's it's such a good book. Like I didn't want to put it down when I was reading it, and I was just more interested to learn more about it than in between putting it down and watching uh, snippets on YouTube and and trying to learn a little bit more about himself. Because on the front of the book, there's a quote from Pep Guardiola that says, I knew nothing about football until I met Johan Cruyff. And I found myself sort of relating to that in a way of, well, when Bielsa took over at Leeds, I thought, well, I understand football a lot better now. And before that, my understanding was probably so elementary and caveman-like that, it was like, well, this is this is the sort of impact that Cruyff is having on someone like that. And um, for for me, I, I don't profess to be like a tactical genius or a football expert or anything like a lot of people do. But I just thought, yeah, it sounds quite similar. So then getting into it, just the story of Cruyff's life is so interesting. Um, he spent his life really around the Ajax club. Um, his father was a fruit and vegetable grocer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he was delivering the fruit and veg and then he said, his second father, who was the groundsman, his uncle Hank, uh, he spent so much time at the club and brought him along to do the odd job after his, his dad died, sadly, when he was 12. So he's always been around sort of football and then to go into the Ajax Academy at 10 years old, the club's always been such a big part of his life. Um, and then, obviously, to go on to fast-forward a little bit into sort of the talent that he had um, as a player and, obviously, the, the, the title of the book, My Turn, to have such an iconic sort of move that he's used so so widespread in football named after himself. It shows what sort of impact he had on the game. And then, so I, I was thinking after that, the impact that he'd had on Pep and then the the sort of the sort of football that that Barcelona team in 2011, apart from probably Leeds when they've been good, that, that's the favourite, my favourite team to have ever watched. Um, just the tactics they used, using messages like false nine. And that all comes from the sort of the sort of football that Cruyff wanted to introduce, um, the sort of football that Ajax were playing at the time, and then the sort of football that he took to Barcelona as a player and as a manager. Um, so it's just it's such an interesting book as well because the way he writes it, you can tell he's sort of a confidence about himself, but then again, it's it's that sort of Dutch confident Mick that some people might think is arrogance, but it's just it's laid back confidence if you know what I mean. Yeah, and is is it a, a very tactical book because? Whenever you see, or whenever I see aerial shots of Celtic's training ground, for instance, Lennox Town, and I see one pitch divided up into twenty segments because that's what Pep Guardiola does, and he does that because of Cruyff. Is it that type of tactical 
sort of detail about how he sees players playing in each different position? It's interesting because there's parts of the book where he goes off on a bit of a tangent, but not on a massive one. And then he'll go into detail about stuff like that, like how he wanted to make the pitch bigger and when he had the ball and how he wanted to make the pitch smaller when he didn't have the ball. And then he can go into some sort of detail about um, the capacities of training and getting the best out of other players around him. Whereas I thought he'd be more, he'd more be talking about himself and his accolades. You know, when you like the Maradona film that was just recently on Channel Four and the Pele film, it was all surrounded by that. But I think with with Cruyff, it was more about how can he be the most effective um, part of the machine? How can he help to? How? Um, it's about training at Barca. It's not in it's not in mad detail, but you understand the sort of analysis that he had and the importance he placed on having a knowledge of the game and having everybody on that same sort of wavelength of the game. So I wouldn't say it goes massively into tactics. It's got a little bit of everything for everyone, really. There's a lot of political significance from when he's in uh, Barcelona, under the Franco regime, for example. His son, uh, Jordi Cruyff, who, who ended up playing for Man United, um, he named him George, Saint, Saint, after St. Jordi sorry, in Barcelona, but then claimed he didn't because at the time it was illegal to name somebody after... Um, Somebody after a patron saint that Franco didn't like. So then he went and registered his name in Amsterdam. And then I think it was eight days after they beat Real Madrid 5-0 at the Bernabeu to win the La Liga for the first time in so many years. So there's a lot there for, if you want if you want to know how to manage a football team, if you want to know about the, the politics surrounding a lot of football, there's a lot of sociologists. I just think in terms of an easy book that's not too academically heavy or not too fiction based I think it's perfect for any student or even all the way up to sort of professor level to pick up and read if you've got an interest in football Does it give you any insight into his into where he got that confidence from because of all the kind of great European footballers of the last 50 years say the one that you'd say was the most imperious was Cruyff you know he literally strode about the pitch like he owned it I think I don't think it, it comes from anywhere in particular to be honest I think Maybe with his, his dad dying earlier, maybe that's where he got his toughness from. Um, but there's a lot of detail he goes into about how he used to play out um, when he was a young, a young kid in Amsterdam and there wasn't a lot of fields and there wasn't a lot of parks. So he'd, play, he'd spend a lot of time playing on tarmac and he didn't want to fall over because it had hurt when he fell over. So that's how he knew to try and keep on the ball, position his body well to keep the ball and be strong on the ball. But I, I just think in terms of his confidence, I just think it comes from that sort of pragmatic approach to, to football and to analysing everything. But then, in the same side of that, um, there is a part where he talks about when he lost his fortune, which led him to go to the US. Um, and weirdly enough, he lost his fortune investing in a pig farm, which is just the most bizarre story ever. Like, he's, he, Yeah, so he lost his fortune, weirdly, on a, a pig farm um, because of his neighbour. His neighbour um, convinced him to put a lot of money into property and a, some money into a pig farm, which, which obviously didn't go well for him. Um, and that led him to America, where he took sort of, I'd say, a footballing sabbatical to be polite to the American game. I don't want to offend anyone. I know you've got uh, David Kilpatrick coming on there. Yeah, yeah. Who was involved with the NY Cosmos. Um, and Cruyff was going to play for them, but he, he didn't want to play on what he'd call a map because it was an artificial sur- uh, surface in New York. So he went to the complete other side of the country and went to LA. And I think once he got his money back, he ended up coming back into the European game, um, went back to Ajax. Um, but both the, both the times he left Ajax, it was it was sort of under a cloud, which it just shows how unique his story is because for someone who did so much for both clubs, he left 
He left Ajax under a cloud. He left Barcelona because of a kidnapping attempt, which also made him miss out on the 78 World Cup, um, which is, is just so bizarre. Just his, his life story is fascinating, obviously without giving too much away if people want to pick that up. But uh, along every way, it's sort of it's almost a tale that you get away with it being a fiction story, a fiction story because you just change some of the names and some of the names of the football teams, and it, it would get away with the story in it by itself. It's got everything. It's got tragedy. It's got comedy. It's got um, rises. It's got falls. You know, for someone who's won so much, um, and even even why he wore the number fourteen, people might think it's because of some strange reason, but just as random as his, his teammate didn't have the number seven, couldn't find the number seven, Cruyff offered him the number nine and then went in a kit bag with all the spare kit and, and just happened to pick out the number 14. They won the game and then he wanted to, to keep wearing the number 14, which got then got him in trouble with the Dutch FA. And that wasn't the first time either. So the Dutch team at the time were wearing, I think, Adidas and Cruyff was a, a big client of Puma's. So the three stripes on the kit, he wouldn't have been able to wear or it would have got a massive massive sort of fine, as it were. And then after a lot of dispute, after a big tug of war, they ended up settling just on the two stripes on the kit. So just lots of little unique sort of snippets of his life that goes all the way from sort of enjoy, enjoyment of the game, the tactics of the game, then uh, marketing, management, finances of the game, that his, his uh, father-in-law, called Costa, he was sort of what we'd consider now to be the first agent of players and, and was significant in getting a lot of money into the game through marketing and through sponsorship um, and also trying to get international players uh, paid in the Dutch team. So I think in terms of in terms of what you're wanting from a football book that's informative but also quite easy to read, I think my turn is a great place to start. Thanks.